0: It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign, Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217 356 9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line 217 217- 3-5-1-5-3-5-7. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly.
1: Hello again, everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until six o'clock this evening. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, is with us. Scott Ritchie, beat writer for basketball and football, here as well. Bob Osmussen will join us on the phone in just a moment. We're with you until 6. The phone line is open, 356 If you'd like to jump in, Major League Baseball has come up with a proposal it's going to take to the Players Association tomorrow, Matthew, uh, calling for a, a season of about 82 games, mm-hmm. starting maybe around the 4th of July weekend. And uh, with a few other changes, the uh, DH will be in, included in the National League ballparks Uh, The playoff teams will go to 14 Uh from 10. So at least they're talking about it. How, you know, how the players union will react to this, we don't know.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because in, you know, any other year, uh, you know, we'd be in an uproar that the DH would come to the National League and that there'd be 14 teams in the playoffs. But I think at this point we're all just craving any sort of live sporting activities. I found myself watching some Korean baseball late on Saturday night. Did you? It wasn't bad. Um, you know, it was, I wouldn't even say it was weird watching it without any fans in the stands. And that's obviously going to happen if major league baseball, uh, does agree to this plan to, uh, resume, uh, or just start the season, uh, you know, around the 4th of July is so that there won't be any fans in the stands, uh, at least from the onset, it seems. And, uh, let's hope the players association kind of, you know, proceeds with an optimistic outlook on that. And that obviously the, the health and safety experts give it the all clear and, it's going to be very interesting, too, to see how that will unfold because, as we've seen here, you know, in these past couple of weeks, some sport leagues are, are trying to start up. You know, NASCAR gets its start uh, ahead this this upcoming Sunday. Uh, you've got golf. The PJ Tour is supposed to start next month. Baseball, though, I think is kind of the one big, I mean, it's the, the first of the four major pro sports uh, organizations that's really kind of getting out there with a plan and uh it seems kind of a realistic plan for for it to get going so uh i speak for i think a lot of sports fans that they just want to see some some live sports of of any teams i mean heck i'd take watching a mariners marlins game at this point um it's just gonna be very interesting too just to see if this proposal goes forward how they break it up with major league baseball what do they do for uh, the divisions, I know they've had sw- all sorts of proposals, but it seems like this one, though, they're going to keep.
1: They're going to keep the American and National mm-hmm. League and keep the divisions where the each division will play the teams in its division. And in the Cubs and the Cardinals' case, in the National League Central, they will play the uh, American League Central as mm-hmm. well. So it kind of keeps it in the Midwest, mm-hmm. keeps it uh, regionally um, down the line there. Uh, the roster size.
2: Be expanded what, 30 players?
1: Will go to 30 Scott Ritchie's a baseball fan. I know he's ready for some baseball. What do you think of this particular plan about just about half the season I guess it would be.
0: What's well, better than zero <laughs> games? Exactly. And I think it's just any positive step towards getting sports back uh is a good thing at least in my opinion and you know maybe with Major League Baseball coming out with a plan uh, the NBA you know could maybe be next. I, mean, I, I don't know that, but I mean they they're kind of just in a holding pattern right now with uh, a season to resume uh, and maybe they jump right to the playoffs and just get this season out of the way uh, and lead into the next. But uh, yeah, the number of baseball games I had watched, had kind of dwindled over the last couple of years just as, you know, lost maybe a little bit of interest, but uh, I'll watch every single inning <laughs> of every single game. Uh, it w- if and when baseball comes back.
1: Bob Osmussen with us on the phone. What do you think about uh, the baseball news as it uh, sets up? We don't have all the exact details, but those are the highlights.
2: He's just happy his Braves don't have to play the Cardinals possibly in this. So
3: I don't care about that. I too soon, off, Bob, too soon. No, it's fine. The main th- well, it's fine. The main thing here and I he asked about the players association. Would they like to pick, would they like to get paid? Would it be my simple question Do you want some money this year? And if the, the answer is no, then they're idiots. the answer is yes, then they'll play. So I can't imagine that'll be a problem at all. I think there's a great thing, as, as long as, of course, as it's safe. But yes, I've been waiting so long. My last game for baseball last year, the last one I cared about, it. my team lost. Uh, I was not happy about it. But I, think, I think the Cardinals discord again in the game. So. I I really want to see the Braves get back on the field and everybody else on the field, including the Cardinals.
1: So if this happens, Matt, uh, teams would go back to spring training or getting ready. Mm -hmm. They would not necessarily have to go to spring training sites, although some may decide to do so. Some may decide to just stay in their home uh, ballparks, Mm -hmm. as the the Cardinals have been talking about. Not sure what the Cubs would do, whether they'd go back to Arizona. But by early to Mm mid-June, they would need to be there more to the early side than the mid side.
2: Yeah. It's going to be interesting just to see how long it'll take them to get back and into baseball playing shape and, and getting just the, uh, the timing down and everything. And, uh, you know, one interesting nugget that I, <clears throat> you know, read from, uh, when the report started circulating this afternoon is that Toronto may play, uh, their games in Florida at their spring training site, given the restrictions that are currently in place mm-hmm. in, in Canada. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to take some the players a, a few times, or a few weeks at least to uh, to get ready, uh, you know, for the season again after they, you know, spend about a month or so in spring training in uh, mid-February through mid-March before everything got shut down. So, uh, I'll be curious too to see, you know, our if this happens, are the players going to be in the dugout or are they going to be in the stands to keep themselves socially distant you know watching and i'm basing this on the limited minutes i watched of the korean baseball game but they had uh the umpires were wearing face masks and uh the home plate umpire I know had gloves on both hands the players weren't wearing mask at all in the field or anything but that's just kind of become an everyday scene that we've all gotten used to so what these, about the 12 guys that are in the bullpen exactly what <laughs> do you do you spread them out as as well and I don't know. There's there's a lot of questions that, you know, need answers. And, you know, the health of, of the players and the coaches are first and foremost, too. But uh, it's it's all these things that we never thought we'd have to consider when 2020 started. You know, we're we're talking about and analyzing and, and figuring things out on the fly. I'm not
1: a big fan, uh, Scott, either of the uh, DH. But this year, I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and when you look at the Cardinals, I know you're a Cardinal fan, but you look at the Cardinals as an example – it might uh, prolong the career of a guy like uh, Matt Carpenter. You don't have to worry about. That's true. Do you put him at th- th- third base and not play Tommy Edmond or somebody else? I will say, Steve, it's just it's there.
2: just good to have a discussion about what to it do is. with Matt Carpenter's <laughs> playing status and, at this time.
0: And just the the disparity between a designated hitter in one league and not in the other right. has made little sense to me. You know, since I you know sort of you know, kind of began to understand you know what that all meant. Um, I don't mind the designated hitter as long as it's equal for both leagues. And I mean, you look at you know players. You mentioned Matt Carpenter, but you know uh, the Cardinals could have you know had Jose Martinez you know at designated hitter the last couple of years and kept his bat in the lineup and maybe that that's kind of one more wins. When,
1: when they signed him to that contract, that's what they had in mind.
0: Yeah, and then and you know, but maybe. This is the step towards you know, normalizing, equalizing that rule across all of Major League Baseball. Uh, just, just sneak it in to us on a season where everyone is desperate for baseball and then keep it, and maybe no one will notice.
1: A couple of um, other news items of the day. Let's go to football and bring Bob in on this. I don't know, Bob, exactly if you were here at the time, but uh, John Tierlink, who was a former assistant coach here at the U of I, I remember covering him back in the white, uh, Mike White uh, years. He passed away at uh, the age of 69. He was a defensive line coach and a pretty good one, uh, most recently with the Indiana Pacers or the Indiana Col- Indian hapless Colts. Did you get a chance to work with him at all, uh, Bob?
3: I, Steve, I just missed him. I've, I've never heard anything but great things about the guy, though. I've heard he was a great coach, very good person, and I've heard a lot of nice things about him. I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, 69 is way too young, so... Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry about that. I'm, I feel bad for him. But I've never heard anybody say a bad word about him, especially as a coach. He's, he was considered kind of a, uh, ahead of his time, I believe, in, in the way he coached football. So I think he sounds like a great guy. And, again, I'm sorry to, sorry to hear that had happened to him.
1: Some uh, Las Vegas odds came out on uh, the Big Ten race. We'll get into that in just a moment. But we do have a caller on the line. Let's go to Rich. Hey, Rich, you're on the air with us on Monday Night Sports Talk. Go ahead. Evening,
3: gentlemen. How you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Uh, fine, thanks. The uh, thought occurred to me as you were talking about the Cardinals that what if this was to be Yachty and Weino's final season? What that kind of does to the fans, you know, not getting to see them play out their careers.
1: Well, Yachty has uh, stated that he wants to play beyond this season, mm-hmm. whether it's in St. Louis or not, and certainly I think most Cardinal fans would hope it stays in say the hope he stays in st louis and is one of those guys that plays his entire career there and originally he said that if that wasn't going to work out he would just retired but he's mm-hmm. changed his mind on that
2: yeah he has he, he made comments a few weeks ago that uh given everything that's gone on in the world with this pandemic he just wants to play baseball and, and whether that's in st louis or not uh, after the 2020 season uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see but it would be it would be weird seeing him finish his career in, in another uniform and same thing for Adam Wainwright. Uh, you know, it seems the past couple of years at least with Waino that his better days are are far behind him. But then again, he goes out and pitches like he did at times during the 2019 season. You're kind of reminded of of the dominance that he had as a as a starter. And they're they're both uh, you know huge icons in, in the Cardinals franchise. And they're always going to be kind of connected together. So for them to to finish their playing careers together at the same time in St. Louis, uh, you know that's kind of a storybook ending for both of them. But then again. The economics of baseball, and, and just both players' wishes and, and desires for their career, are going to have a, a big say in that. Scott yeah. Ritchie's consoling well, <laughs> Scott Ritchie's consoling himself in the corner here at the thought of Yachty and <laughs> and Wayno not not playing together one time.
0: I mean that'd be a bummer because uh, they've been a part of my baseball fandom for uh, a long time now. I mean,
2: f- fifteen years. And Bob's on the phone lamenting the fact that the Braves traded Adam no Wainwright problem. to the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dumbest trade ever by the Braves. It's a right? great trade. Hey, you got no, Ray
2: King. King.
1: Well, yeah, the thought, of, really them working
3: working. Go ahead, the thought of them finishing the careers and not getting to play in front of the fans. Yeah. that's
2: really that,
3: cool. Maybe that that's final cool. season, that's the part I was thinking about.
1: Well, that and maybe the fact yeah. that this is going to end up being basically a half a season, maybe that prolongs. Uh, uh, I have no doubt that Yadi could play some more, but maybe that prolongs uh, Wano a little bit. He won't have as many I'll starts. Hope so. Yeah. Hey,
3: thanks for calling, right, Thanks,
1: Rich. guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate, appreciate, take care. Yep, appreciate you listening. 356-9397 is the phone number. Bob, uh, last week went through 130 teams, <laughs> college football teams, and ranked them. This week it was 100 players. Did you have fun with that, Bob?
2: Answer honestly.
3: I loved it. I loved it. It was great. Again, it gets me back in the football mode, so it's really fun. I get to think about players that I don't think about a lot. I knew a lot of those guys. I didn't just come up with those uh, those guys, you know, thin air or whatever. But I did have some criticism online about how he picked them. Some people were criticizing me for, for picking uh, putting Brandon Peters on there. Now I thought, and Matt and I talked about it. We thought I thought it was perfectly perfectly legitimate because he's a Big Ten quarterback, had a good season last year, and he could have a great season this year. So I think it's fair.
2: And well, and the thing is, too, spending, it's not like you put him in the top five; you put him at a hundred.
3: He was hundred. He was the last guy. He might be offended by that, but I'll I'll talk to him about it at some point. But again, I'm doing this week. I'm doing Steve the schedule. 100 100 best games in college football. I've done about 60 of them so far. So we'll we'll see where we end up with that. It's it's going to be uh, it's fun. It's a lot of text and phone calls, but so it's fun.
1: So how's your beard and long hair going? <laughs>
3: okay, the beard, there's no beard. There will never be a beard because I would like, well, look, it'd be gray. And I don't, I don't want that. Why would I age myself early? The hair is crazy ridiculous. I, w- I went to the doctor today. I, I asked him, can, he, can you cut my hair too while we're here? Can you, can you please cut my hair because it looks awful. And it's getting long. I I really, it's the longest it's been since I was probably 14 or 15 so, it's not a good look on me. I am definitely going to look like Dave Lone, which I I like. Dave Lone, Dave Lone looks good, but I don't well look like that, I'm going too soon. I have to, might have to join in Michigan.
1: Speaking of Michigan, what's your take on uh, Jim Harbaugh's idea from last week where college football players should be able to go pro after one year, be one and done? That
2: was a great segue,
3: by the yeah. way, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. He, he he's I don't know what's wrong with him. You think he's just given up, or you know what? you Did know what he he's
1: trying to do? He's trying to get, make it a, a little bit easier for him. He's trying to get all those Ohio State guys to go early, so maybe <laughs> he might have <laughs> exactly. a chance to beat them.
3: It's it's yeah. I don't. I really don't think that. Frankly, I think yeah. I really ask the players and and uh, NFL people. NFL people want nothing to do this because they know the guys are not ready after a year to play You year college football. Maybe a quarterback could be I – mean, I think Trevor Lawrence could play right away after a year. No no question. Maybe it's the defensive backs and receivers, running backs. But the linemen, those four years, three years, two years, whatever, those are critical. So if you throw a lineman, as skilled as they are as a high school or college freshman, throw them into the NFL the next year, it's going to be brutal for them. The game's going to deteriorate very badly. So I think that's a horrible idea. He's he's got a lot of bad ideas. Harbaugh does. That's one of the worst I've ever heard. So I hope that never happens. I don't think, well, I think the NFL will fight that. They, They have no interest in letting guys come earlier than they They want them as juniors ready to play. And they will be. You take them as freshmen, there's going to be a lot of babysitting and a lot of guys trying to grow in the position they can't play. There's no way a lineman can go from a freshman in college to the NFL and be
2: ready to go. Hey Bob, remem- remember everything you said just now and write that for a column in Wednesday's paper.
1: <laughs> There's your I'll assignment. Do yeah. <laughs>
2: I'll do it because
3: when I saw that, I just I just I really I screamed. I saw it and screamed out loud. I said, "What is he doing?" And then and then I said a bad word or two about Jim Harbaugh. But I really don't understand why he, why he does that. And it's just like I think he's just really really thinks he's just trying to. It's like look over there, like get the attention of, of of the fact that this team is not performing as well as the people out there would like. It just then or maybe somebody asked him a question. Would you, you think guys should play after freshman league go there to NFL? Maybe they just answered honestly, which I appreciated, but I don't think it's a very good idea.
2: Got him fired up. And Steve. I will write that. So, well,
3: I just, I almost, I just couldn't believe it. I, mean, so, I can't believe it because he <laughs> typically does.
1: Some Vegas odds today on uh, the Big Ten football race. No surprise, Ohio State the favorite, two to five. Um, Penn State, Wisconsin listed as seven to one choices. Michigan, Minnesota, sixteen to one. Nebraska, Bob, thirty to one. Indiana, eighty to one. Michigan State, Northwestern, and Purdue, one hundred to one. Illinois and Maryland, three hundred to one. And Rutgers, one thousand to one.
3: Okay, crazy. Rutgers, yeah, that that's good. Although that guy will build that team quicker than people think. They won't be very good this year, but they're going to be good in two or three years. They're going to be able to win. He will. He will. He won there before. He will. He will win there again. The best buy there is Minnesota. I think Minnesota is highly over underrated now. I used to hate them, right? I hated pay Jeff Black. But I've come around on them. They got a lot of talent. They're going to be good. To me, they're the team to beat in the north, or the west, or the north, north or, west.
1: <laughs> or the,
3: the, the, the northwest. <laughs> I, I wish it was north and east, or north and south. But I think that they're the team to beat in the west. But I, I obviously Ohio State is. Uh, I think they're probably the best team in the country. I don't think I picked them that way for some reason, but but they're going, going to be really good too. So I, I think those are sound for, pretty fair. That's pretty low for Illinois, I think. I think they should be ahead of Maryland, ahead of some of those, maybe ahead of Purdue, which they beat pretty badly last year or so. I'm not sure they're right where they should be.
1: We are hitting the bottom of the hour, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, on the Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Stay with us. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Monday night sports talk here on DWS. This is Steve Kelly along with the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, sports editor, Scott Ritchie, and Bob Osmussen is with us. Bob is on the phone. Also on the phone is former Illinois basketball player Mike Latulip, who joins us. We're going to talk some summertime basketball with Mike. How you doing there, young fella?
4: I'm doing well, Steve. It's uh, It's been a while. It's good to chat and. Uh Excited to uh, hop on the show.
1: The basketball tournament is scheduled in various locations in uh, what uh, July? Correct.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep, L- late July. As of now, yeah, late July.
1: What are you hearing about that? You think it's going to go as scheduled? I, I guess nobody knows.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I think from a logistic standpoint, you know, with the obviously there's concerns around around COVID nineteen, but I think the the TBT officials you know you know to me have expressed their optimism you know in regards to having the tournament being played but you know obviously with that being said they're naturally evaluating all options and and player safety is at the forefront so you know any way that that we can ensure that um and once that is insured you know i I think you'll have a lot of guys on this team that are excited to play
1: you're coaching the team uh, but get the folks updated on what you've been up to since you left here you played a season at wright state and then uh What's going on in your life now?
4: Yeah, so obviously took my graduate year and uh, ended up staying in the Dayton, Ohio um, area for, for a multitude of reasons. I, you know, I was, I was going to dip my toes in the professional basketball route and kind of weighed my options and you know, tried to see what avenue was best. And, and I opted for you know, starting my um, professional career stateside and uh, went into sales. Um, kind of the same route my dad went and then ended up you know right now I actually work for a um, a tech recruiting firm down in Austin Texas um, so I've been doing that you know and obviously coupled that with um, with the TBT as well you know helping organize that and and I, and I started a podcast back in October as well so um, trying to keep busy that's for sure.
2: Mike, how did you go about just organizing the the team comprised of former lineup for the TBT What is the first step in that? that process like at all
4: yeah I mean I think you go back about three to four years um and I remember specifically being in a discussing in a group chat with with Malcolm Hill and Nana Egwu uh you know after we were teammates and we all kind of went our separate ways obviously we we keep in we keep in touch and you know for years I I had thought about you know how it would look logistically and from a roster standpoint because when I'm talking then I'm pretty pretty bluntly I'm like hey you know why don't we have a team? Uh, I see a lot of these alumni teams that are that are in the tournament because, um, quite frankly, there's just there's just too much talent, professional basketball talent at that. That's that's come out of Champaign over the years. Uh, a lot of guys playing at, at really high levels. Obviously, you know Myers is in the NBA. Brandon's had a stint in the NBA. Kendrick's in the NBA. But um, even outside of the NBA, just a lot of high-level professional talent. So, um, you know, when you look at that and and Finky played last year in the TBT, so. Mm-hmm. I think what happened was, you know, the TBT reached out to him, and said, "Hey, you know, we want to know what it would look like to put together an alliance TBT team. So, you know, point us in the direction of of somebody that can do that." And and you know, I kind of already had a contingency plan in place and and uh, had been thinking about it for years. So I think when Finky pointed them in my direction, it was just kind of trying to get the ball rolling and mm-hmm. and um, so that was back in September. And even before that, in July, when the TBT was going on last year, um, I was kind of just shooting out some texts to some, some of my former teammates, some former alumni that you know just kind of gauging mm-hmm. what interest looks like. You know, would you play in this? Um, and, and I think the opportunity to play with your old teammates on ESPN is, um, and then, obviously, with the two million dollar pot, that doesn't that doesn't hurt. Um, so you know, so so you don't necessarily have to twist guys' arms for it, but but you do have to understand, you know, every every guy handles their off season differently. So um, you know, throughout the recruiting process, those are the types of hoops you got, you got to jump through. But you know, but luckily, we have a lot of guys that are that are excited to play together again.
0: Well, Mike, you mentioned Malcolm and Nana, and then those two with LeRon Black and. Arante Rice are your first four uh, announced players for the team. What do you kind of like about you know, just that start, and from a basketball sense, just kind of putting a team together, you know, with those four guys, and whoever else you know, you may add here in the next uh, few weeks.
4: Yeah, well, I think anytime you put together a team, you know, it's not necessarily, hey, let's just let's spray some messages out there and see who says yes. You 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 really want to be strategic about it and have a plan in place where, hey, you know. Who are you know? Who are our pillars, so to speak, and who do we want to build around? And um, what type of core do we want? And from there, you once you have your core, you can start to to put even more pieces, you know, to the puzzle that makes sense and and you know comp- complementary players as opposed to hey, let's go get nine the nine most talented guys we can find because you know in this tournament in particular, you know, you look at the Carmen's crew, the Ohio State alumni. Um, the way they've done it is by having that rapport, having that familiarity, but also having pieces, you know, that, that make sense. And, and um, them getting Jeff Gibbs, who had a great career at Otterbein, um, you know, he didn't necessarily go to Ohio State, but he's a great piece for that team. And um, so, so trying to build around that, and then, you know, once you have that core group of guys, um, and each of them I think brings something different to the table. Look, Malcolm's the third all-time leading scorer in Illinois history, and then you couple that with the all-time – um, leader in block shots, and Nana, Laron will play anytime, anywhere. I could have told him that this tournament was on the moon. He said, yeah. Um, and so it's just that type of guy. And then you add Ravante Rice, who, you know, and I don't know how many Illini fans know this, but I mean, the guy has expanded his game like crazy since he's gone professional. Just almost transitioning into more of a point guard role. So um, we just love the way that these pieces fit together for, you know, anytime you have a core, it's awesome to have four really talented guys. It's also to have Good to have four guys that that mesh and, and and play really well together, and then obviously the icing on the cake is, hey, they have played together. Um, so so we we like all the, all those things
3: about that group.
1: Visiting with Mike Latulip, go ahead, Bob. Mike, how would
3: you feel about playing right now with the conditions that are out there, and is would there be a lot of fear? Would there? How would you how would you feel about being on the being on the court?
4: Yeah, you know, I think
3: you know, any, any way you slice it right now,
4: um, you know, in terms of, you know, I don't know if there'd be more fear for guys leaving the country and going to play overseas because right around the time that this tournament is, is the time that everybody's typically heading back overseas. So I think ultimately, you know, like I said, player safety has to be at the forefront of all this. And, and I think what TBTs relate to me and what they relate to the rest of the guys that are uh, trying to organize these teams is, you know, hey, that's that's going to be the forefront, and and if that means testing, uh, you know, when the tournament happens, and, and look, we're still about what two and a half months out, and who knows how much can change between now and then. Um, obviously, we're optimistic that the tournament um, can happen, uh, you know, but if it doesn't, I think that would be that would be pretty understandable given the circumstances.
1: You mentioned the guys that have already been added to the roster, and uh, Malcolm Hill, Nelly Egwu, Revante Rice. And LaRon Black, how many total guys will you have on on the roster?
4: Yeah, so the 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 goal is um, you know is nine guys, and 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 typically that's that's the max that the TBT allows. Um, It's nine guys, and then after every after the ninth guy, um, there's there's a player fee for each guy. So, um, and and for an alumni team, you need to have seven. So you need to have seven alumni guys. Um, and then you can fill the roster eight nine however you like. So um, I don't know, and I don't know how many people know this, but I mean there has been recruiting, you know, outreach uh, to guys that are not former alumni. Just mm-hmm. like Demetri McCamey was playing for the Ohio State alumni team, and he's doing so again this year. But you know we want to make sure that the guys that we bring in, alumni guys or not, that they that they make sense for the team. That that seems to be the common theme, uh, no matter what. Uh, it's not just like hey. You know, who can we go out there and get that's, um, you know, that has the notoriety and, like, all that's great. But um, if they don't fit into the mix of playing alongside Rebonte Rice and playing alongside Malcolm Hill, um, then maybe they're not a good fit for the team. So those are all things you have to look at, uh, you know, as you're constructing this thing.
2: Mike, hopefully this tournament does take place in late July and hopefully we'll all be able to, to watch it. If we do tune in, what is Coach Mike LaTulip's behavior like on the sidelines?
3: <laughs> oh
4: man! Um is it a combination <laughs> anything, Bruce Weber,
2: John Gross, or is it your own style or
4: you know i don't I don't think I will be as animated as John Gross <laughs> um that's that's tough to top for sure um I won't be throwing any coats. Um, probably won't have a coat on. probably have a polo on. So if, I, if, I remove my, if, I, if I remove my polo, that's a whole different story. Um, but, but I, I think, you know, for, for me, I think from a coaching standpoint, um, my main goal is just to instill confidence in these guys. And luckily they have a lot to begin with, but truly, truly making them feel like, Hey, we can win this thing. There's a reason why there's a, there's a, there's a $2 million pot at the end of it. And all that's great. But if you're strictly playing for the money, you probably won't end up winning it. You need to play together. We need to play hard. A lot like, I mean, a lot like these teams, uh, specifically this Alliance team this year. Uh, you know, their cornerstone was just playing hard, and those Underwood gets those guys to play their butts off, and uh, and then you add some skill with it too. Uh, that's going to be the main thing. Is you know, I you know, I don't, I'm not sitting there like I'm uh, like I'm Dean Smith or or I'm like a, a Bob Knight in terms of cachet with hey this is look at my head coaching track record <laughs> um, but my, my my job my job there overall is to make sure that these guys are at peak confidence um no matter what that then when we get there and we play on ESPN that you know if you have a shot take it and make it and and, and be confident that you can make it um you know if you're gonna you know matter what it is I, I don't care if you're if you think you can shoot a gap for a steal um if you're going to do that get steal it you know, like you need to have that type of confidence. And I think, um, you know, I think of a guy like Ravonte Rice. Um, he's not necessarily a guy that you need to pump confidence into because he has um, a bevy of it. But, um, but Ravonte is also a guy that, that loves – and seeing, seeing how these guys react to coaching while I was teammates with them, um, that's important. You know, it's – there are certain guys that you can't just – you know, and I think Steve Kerr was talking about it with, with Clay Thompson – you know, Clay Thompson's not a guy that you can cuss out and yell at because um, he'll shut down a little bit. So you need to find ways to, you know, who, who deals with coaching what way um, and being adaptable, not just saying, here's my coaching style, get in or fit in, you know, get in where you fit in. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think uh, – I guess it remains to be seen what, what my coaching demeanor is, but I, I would imagine that it's, you know, the forefront is making sure these guys are confident and, and, and bringing energy – as as a head coach, uh, for these guys to feed off
0: of. Well, Mike, you mentioned that you're, you've got a podcast, and you know you've had you know, some of your former teammates on. Uh, Adam Fletcher, I you know one of your latest with Myers Leonard. What's it kind of been like? You're doing that, and maybe just you know talking basketball with uh, some guys that you shared some time at Illinois with, or had similar experiences. You know, in the case of Myers.
4: Yeah, no, I think anybody that anybody that heard I was getting any of my friends, obviously my former teammates that heard I was I was uh putting out a podcast probably weren't shocked because <laughs> uh 'cause I just love talking hoops, man. Like that's just it's been my life. I've lived and breathed it and um I think when my playing career ended, luck I was lucky enough to stay up in Dayton to where I still had access to the Wright State practice facility. So I was you know, even when I wasn't a player, I was in that office all the time, talking hoops. Um you know, and even when I was at Illinois, you know, I've, I think I've, I've talked to people and, you know, probably ad nauseum, you know, saying, Hey, I'm getting up, I'm getting up in the office, I'm popping into Ford's office, Coach Walker, Coach Gross. And it, I'm sure it got to a point where, you know, Coach and Coach Hertz, all those guys were like, Get this guy out of the office. Like I was just, <laughs> like, it, it get, like, I just, I loved being around it. I loved coaching or I loved being around the coaching and the, and the strategy and, and just talking hoops and, Um, so it's, it's served as an outlet for me because when I'm, my fiance and I we moved down to Austin, Texas, and I didn't really have that outlet anymore. Um, just being able to pop into a, to a division one basketball office and and chop it up with some coaches, you know, and this has kind of served as that lifeline and that, and that outlet where I can, you know, get some former teammates or, you know, guys that I respect, um, on the line and just, and just have conversations. That's kind of just the, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the cornerstone of what I've tried to do with the podcast is, you know, I, I want it to be much less of a Q and A, um, you know, than it is. Let's have, let's have conversation. You know, let's, let's act like this is an actual phone call. Cause it, cause, um, you know, even, even my latest episode with Myers, that's kind of what it turned into was just us just talking about things. And, and he's been through a lot in his career and, and maybe it's a lot of, you know, stuff that people didn't know about. And I think once you see a guy like that who is making millions of dollars in the NBA and, you can see that human side of him. Um, you know, I think that's pretty neat. So that's, that's the type of stuff I've tried to bring into it. But, but like I said, it's really served as a, as an outlet, um, for me to, to talk basketball. And I just have notebooks upon notebooks of, I just write just historical stuff, analytics, uh, certain offense. Like I just, I have notebooks upon notebooks of them. Um, cause this is just what I love to do. And, and, uh, so I, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to be able to, to have some episodes with some guys that have just been fantastic to talk to.
1: So when will the uh, next roster announcement come for the house of pain roster?
4: Tomorrow. Uh, Yeah. Tomorrow. um, Tuesday. That's uh, they, they, they kind of made it big 10 week. Uh, I think last week might've been SEC week for the TBT, you know, so they wanted us to, you know, if possible announce, you know, at least two guys this week. So we'll probably do that. We'll probably announce, um, two guys, probably one tomorrow, and one towards the uh, kind of the latter half of the week.
1: Mike Latulip, everybody we appreciate your time. Good to catch up with you. We'll do it again uh, as we get closer to the uh, to that tournament coming up in July.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me
1: on. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, take care, Mike Latulip. At five forty-seven here on DWS, need to take a break. We'll do that and be back with more. If you'd like to join us, three five six nine three nine seven on Monday Night Sports Talk. It is 10 minutes before 6 o'clock here on DWS. Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6, 356-9397. is the phone line if you'd like to jump in. Thanks to Michael Tulip for spending some time with us talking about uh, the basketball tournament and the House of Pain team that he's putting together. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen with me here until 6... Bob, what are you working on these days? What's coming up going uh, on in your mind on the uh, News Gazette?
3: I've got a uh, story tomorrow. I think it's going to be a, a news section on Cam, Cam Buckner. Played the defensive lineman for Illinois back in the day. He was recruited by Ron Turner and played for Ron Zook. And he had some issues. Uh, I think it was a week ago Sunday. Got stopped. Uh, basically, he's wearing a mask. He's a big guy. He got stopped in by a police officer and he had some issues with that. And then went on Twitter and kind of told people about what, what happened. He was not really like all that critical of the officer as much as kind of, just kind of wondering why this happened. So we kind of talked about it, a long dawn out conversation. He's a good guy I've known for a long time. So that's the story It's that's in tomorrow's paper.
1: We'll look forward to that. Uh, some Fighting Illini Awards announced today the uh, Illini Spirit Awards women's basketball, Taylor Edwards, men's basketball, Andres Feliz, and football, Dre Brown. No major surprises there, Matt.
2: No, I mean, Taylor Edwards, I think, kind of epitomizes uh, what it means to be an, an Illinois athlete, and uh, obviously her story is, is well-documented, and, you know, a small-town girl from Arcola who played four sports for the, the Purple Riders, and then came up and became a key pitcher for, uh, on the Illinois softball team, and then opted to use her final season of eligibility this past winter and uh, suit up for the, the women's basketball team. She didn't really contribute much during the game, so that, I don't think that was kind of the, the goal for her. The role is just kind of be a a, a spiritual, you know, veteran presence uh, for the Illini women's team. And then, uh, you know, Dre Brown has overcome so much in, in his – college career you know tearing his ACL twice uh dealing with other injuries uh, throughout his career and then really kind of became a a huge focal point uh, of the the 2019 Illinois football team and uh, then Andres Feliz as well uh Scott's told his story numerous times just coming from a junior college coming from the Dominican Republic getting married at Illinois and really just kind of um you know, making plays above the rim that you didn't think a guy like him should do. And uh, I'm sure Brad Underwood will, you know, have a special place for Feliz and, and the role and the contributions he made towards building Illinois basketball to what it is now for for his efforts and his dedication to the program.
1: Some more Illini Awards uh, coming up this week. Freshman of the year to be announced uh, tomorrow. The Dyke Edelman Award winners on Wednesday and the Medal of Honor winner coming up on Thursday. Anything new on uh, Io and Kofi uh, today. Scott, <laughs> when was the last time you were asked about what are, the, what are those guys going to do? A couple well, hours got, ago? they
2: got three weeks left to, to 23 days. <laughs> How many hours? I'd, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't figure
0: that out <laughs> yeah. right now. It's going to take some time. Uh, no, it, June 3rd is still the, the deadline for them to decide, if early, for all early entrants in the NBA draft, to decide if they're still in or if they're going to pull their name out. Although... I don't. will that still be the deadline? I mean, because the NBA has already moved the lottery back because that was supposed to uh, happen May 19th, and it moved the combine back because that was going to start the 21st of this month and obviously won't. Um, so the draft, probably not going to happen on June 25th, so I think every college basketball coach in America has got their fingers crossed that the deadline doesn't change for the early entrance because that kind of – Creates a little uncertainty for them, but uh, the entire draft process is changing.
1: But that's an NCAA deadline, not an NBA deadline, right?
0: Yeah, I, although I mean, if it hits June third, and they don't even know when the draft's going to be. Like, how do you decide? Right, like, it's gonna, that's at, a tough.
1: Yeah, but at some point, college coaches need to know.
0: Yeah, no, I, I understand. You know, from their vantage point and why, yeah. why the NCAA has their their own date, but I mean, that's just gonna you could see guys stay in cuz they don't have a real good feel if they have a shot or not and still have several months you know after that that deadline to kind of maybe improve their draft stock but you don't know so that's uh that's going to really kind of put kind of gum up the works a little bit but you know neither Iyo or Kofi Coburn are really considered um much more than kind of a late second round pick at this point and you know, for Kofi going back for one more, at least one more year of college basketball, probably his best shot for, I would assume, well, I'm not, I mean, I don't think he has a whole lot more he can prove at Illinois, other than you know, maybe he comes back and they win a national championship. That'd be something, but his stock um, didn't really change all that much from freshman year to sophomore year, even with, you know, you know better scoring, uh, a slew of game winners, you know, the fact that Illinois won, you know, 21 games after losing 21 the mm-hmm. year before. Um, and if he comes back for a third season in Illinois, it's almost guaranteed that his game will just be picked apart even more. I don't know. His draft stock could get take a hit with a third year of college.
1: He would take a timeout here at 5.56. We'll do that and be back with some final words after this. <music> a couple of minutes before 6 o'clock here on Monday Night Sports Talk. The last dance. Episodes seven and eight aired last night. Bob, you were watching, I'm sure. What'd you think?
3: Oh my goodness! This it's the greatest show ever. I I don't know what what else to be close. I think by far the greatest show ever. I Can't wait for the last two. I wish that there was another twenty
2: or thirty or hundred.
1: Do you have a favorite episode? I I think you know, the. Number 7 was hard to beat. Yeah, last, last, night. last
2: night for me was the that was the best episode cuz it talked about the the tragic murder of his father mm-hmm. and then got delved into you know his time playing baseball and everything that went into that and then the, the return to to the basketball court and it's like Bob said it's just it's phenomenal television and just the access they have and, and the openness that Michael Jordan has in, in describing everything is is pretty remarkable too. And that just adds to the the quality of the show,
1: Scott. What are you working on uh, this week in the News Gazette?
2: It's a good question. Whatever but, I tell him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: I'm
0: trying to go get a hold of some people with Illinois connections, yeah, you know, kind of that also are a little tied to the Last Dance, as you know. The yeah. last couple episodes mm-hmm. are going to be this weekend, so uh, that's kind of on my plate. And uh, I don't know, anything basketball related. Uh.
2: Sounds good. We, you good? Yeah, I'm good. We survived.
1: We did. Another one in the books. Thanks, Bob. Bye, Bob. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks, Matt Daniels. Thanks, Scott Ritchie. This is Steve Kelly. Thanks to Ed Bond as well here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. We appreciate you listening. Have a good night, everybody.